Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino. And today, I thought that I would talk about something uh, that I think most people, uh, wherever you are around the world, will be able to relate to. I know that, you know, there's, there's another topic that I'm going to talk about. I'm trying to, I know I keep on teasing you guys, saying, well, I might do a midweek episode and I want to, but it's just that I get bogged down. I get schoolwork, you know, and then stuff, just, you know, regular life. And then before you know it, it's nighttime. And, and it's like, you know, I don't, I, I've always prided myself on trying to bring you the best that I can, which is why <clears throat> there was at one period, those of you who follow me on a regular basis, you'll know that about a month and a half ago or so, um, where my voice was completely shot. And I didn't record an episode because I was like, you know, I don't want people to hear a voice that sounds like crap. You deserve better. And I want to give you only the best that I can. And so I didn't do it. Um, And I want to talk about, at another point, and I will, I wanted to go over a lot of uh, what's going on with, um, there's been a lot of talk in the United States about the Electoral College um, and and how we could maybe change things here. Uh, You know, we do have... A major election. Again, I know most people, no matter where you are in the world, you're probably aware in the United States we have a presidential election coming up in 2020. And so there's there's just a lot of talk about what's going on, what's going to happen. And I want to do that, and, and I will do that. Uh, that. That's going to be another episode, because this is going to be a little more nuanced. This is going to be a little more in-depth when I talk about things. I, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that much about how the system works here. It is a complex system. It's a little convoluted. But anyway, what I figured I would talk about today instead, something since it is the fourth, I figured that I would talk about Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars. Now, <laughs> when, you, when you bring Star Wars up, almost everyone, unless you've been living under a rock, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you know Star Wars. They've been making the movies since the late 70s. They just finished up, I think it was the last year or so, um, you know, The Last Jedi. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as big a fan of some of the more recent ones, especially the, the prequels that they came out with. But I, I really wanted to focus on, you know, the, the concept of the movies, what the movies were about, and, and especially the classic trilogy, um, what they called episodes four, five, and six, episode four, a New Hope, but everyone just calls it Star Wars. Then you have Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, and then finally, Episode 6, The Return of the Jedi. Um, those are the classic three. And I'm not saying that other ones weren't great. I mean, for example, the, you know, the, the movie Rogue One, I thought that that was fantastic. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was you know a, a great movie, heartbreaking, but still... Something that, you know, really raised your spirits watching it. Um, But I wanted to talk about the original three, and here's why. Because uh, for a lot of people, Star Wars is kind of this, you know, it's a, uh, you know, a a soap opera set in space. But it's actually really a complex movie. And one of the things I love about it is that the, the trilogy, it deals with things that we deal with every day. It deals with concepts of what's good, what's evil. Um, why do people act in certain ways? People acting in their own rational self-interest. Um, you know, I, I had a debate many times um, back in the day 
uh, with a friend of mine, you know, who's ultra capitalist, very Ayn Randian objectivist. Uh, if you don't know who Ayn Rand is, if you don't know what objectivism is, that's fine. Go look that stuff. But anyway, the bottom line is, is you know, I used to get hammered uh, for my, you know, socialist leanings because it was, well, you know, you're expecting people to do this or to do that. And they're not going to. People are selfish. People are greedy. They will. Act. You need a system that basically, you know, relies on people being people, acting in their own self-interest. And I would say yes, okay, fair enough. That that's fine. But on the other hand, you know, with with capitalism, you see many occasions, not just in the United States, but but all around the world, where people go out and vote for people who are against their own self-interests. Because of fear, because of anger, because they, they happen to think, okay, well, this person has one thing that I like and ten things that I don't, but darn it all, I'm voting for them because I want to do this or that. That happens everywhere. Uh, but the thing about Star Wars that I always found fascinating was, you know, the idea, you know, when, when you first watched it, and I'm, I'm just a little too young to have watched it in the movie theaters, the, the original ones. But, you know, I've watched them many, many times, uh, you know, and they're fantastic, you know. And when you, when you talk about the first one, you're dealing with rebellion against the Empire. And, I mean, everyone loves a good rebellion and who's on the right, who's on the wrong, you know. And it, it introduces one of the most classic villains in movie history, Darth Vader. Um, when he comes in in episode four... You know, in the first one, Star Wars A New Hope, it's just, he's, he's larger than life, okay? And he's really just, you know, there's, there's this whole debate in the beginning, you know, about, you know, the, the antiquated, you know, old philosophy of the Force, you know, uh, with his line, I think, you know, don't be too proud of this technological terror that you've created, the Death Star. I mean, the Death Star. First of all, <laughs> I think there was a petition um, years ago, when President Obama was president, we remember those days, uh, to build a Death Star. And they, someone did calculations because, you know, one of the things I love about the internet is that um, it brings people together and it gets people. And I am a self-confessed, you know, I'm a self-confessed nerd. I know, you wouldn't know it if you know me because of how handsome I am and, you know, how suave and you know, witty and charming. I, I go against all the stereotypes here, but really, I'm 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 a bit of a nerd. And yeah, one of the things is like, I wonder I wonder what it would cost to build a Death Star. Like the actual amount of material that would have to go into it. Because we talk today, what do we have today? You know, we we have um, you know ballistic submarines, okay, uh, that are ridiculous. They're, they're huge, the size of a football field. They're huge. They can you know run silent, run deep. Um, we have aircraft carriers. You know, we have these things, and they cost billions of dollars to build. But what would it cost to build a Death Star? And I think, I forget, um, you know, this is probably one of these things I should have looked up. You can look it up, though. It was some ridiculous amount of, I think it was like running into the quadrillions of dollars to build it because of the size, because of everything that was there. I mean, if you watch the movie, you know, like, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, you know, the ships go on to it. These ships, the people are tiny compared to this thing. You know, it's the size of the moon. You know, that's no moon. Um, 
So it was like, okay, you know, you build a Death Star that's going to, you know, do what? Wander around the universe. Uh, well, around the galaxy anyway, and blast things. I mean, what what a what a thing to have. I mean, you already had the Star Destroyers, okay, the, the you know, the 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 ships that they used, you know, the Empire, these ridiculously big, you know, ships. And they were, you know, they were going around blasting everything. Um, and they they would have cost ridiculous amounts of money and material to build, you know, themselves. But then you have this Death Star that can destroy an entire planet with one shot. And it's just like, oh my goodness. But, you know, it brings us to the other point. And, and I always talk about this when I have uh, conversations. Again, those who know me, you'll know that I'm, I'm very big into astronomy. And that's, if I could be anything other than... Uh, a history teacher, if I could. I, I, you know, I mean, I know people would be like, well, wouldn't you be an athlete and be making you know, hundreds of millions? Um, you know what? I might, uh, you know, I, maybe, but even more than that, because this is a thing. I love astronomy. I'm so big into astronomy. One of my biggest regrets, and if you are younger and listening to this, please don't make the snake I made. Study your math, okay? Because you can, you know, I, I, I read all about what's going on and understand it, but I can't, I don't understand the math. I don't understand the calculus when they're showing all of these things, you know, there are letters and Greek, you know, Greek letters all over the place. And I just don't get it because I, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, when I was in school, math wasn't my priority. I was, I was much more into it. And then with math, once you fall behind, you know, and anyone out there, who's a math teacher listening to this, or even if you, you study math, once you fall behind in math, it's very difficult to catch up. In history, you could fall behind. I mean, you could come into my class tomorrow. Well, you really can't because New Jersey today just canceled all you know schools for the rest of the year. We're going to be doing online learning for the rest of the year. But let's say we had school and you came into my class and we were starting a new chapter. We were going to be talking about World War II. You could still understand World War II. Now, does it, does it help if you understand World War I, if you understand the rise of fascism in Europe, if you understand nationalism? Yes, that all, you know, absolutely plays in. But you could still come in and be like, all right, I'm going to take this class. Here's what I have to learn for this chapter. And I'm going to take the test and I'm going to do well. In math, you can't do that, okay? You can't just walk in and, you know, I mean, if you don't know, uh, on a very basic level, if you don't know how to do addition... You're not. You're gonna have problems with multiplication. You know, if you don't know basic stuff, you're gonna have problems with algebra. If you don't know algebra one, you're gonna have problems with algebra two and calculus. Of course, this is you know ridiculously complex stuff. Um, and so, what I'm getting to with this, I know you're like, where are you going here? Because I do go off on these tangents every now and then, you know, stream of thought talking. But my point is, <laughs> you know, they do things like oh, we're going to light speed. Okay, and I love it. It's it's great, you know. We're gonna go to the speed of light because somehow we can do that. And all right, you know, it's funny because they're like they're fixing things like the Millennium Falcon. They're fixing it with like you know screwdrivers and stuff. Uh, you know, this ship that is horribly unaerodynamic. I mean, it's ridiculous how unaerodynamic it is. But yeah, we're going to light speed, and then they do it, and then they show up somewhere else in the galaxy, right? But the reality, and if you want to have fun with this, go back and listen. I think it was my second podcast I ever did um, a, a long time ago. Uh, the, the, the truly astronomical size of things out there where I talk about how big space is. 
And you know, I say, I tell my, my students at school, I say, you know, from planet Earth, the nearest star is about four light years, let's call it four light years away. Traveling at the speed of light to get to the closest star to us would take four years. Okay? Four years. Wouldn't be there in 15 minutes, wouldn't be an hour, four years. And that's the closest. You, you talk about things out there, you know, Beetlejuice, one of my favorite stars, excellent movie as well. Michael Keaton did basically ad-lib the whole movie, but Beetlejuice is 700 light years away. If I wanted to get to Beetlejuice traveling at the speed of light, it would take me 700 years. So it's funny when they're like, you know, zipping around the galaxy, like, you know, it's like, that's a to go to light speed, you know? Uh, you know, or if you're in the movie Spaceballs, light speed is too slow. We have to go straight to ludicrous speed, you know. Um, if you know the movie, you get the joke. If you don't, go watch Spaceballs. Fantastic movie. Anyway, um, but, you know, you, you've got this stuff. And, and with Star Wars, you know, it's this, you, you build things up, you know, the empire, the evil empire, this dominating government thing. I think that plays into a lot of how people feel. People are always worried about the governments, okay? Governments are always trying to maintain more control over their people. And that's why in many countries, you know, you, you occasionally have rebellions, but you, you do have in the United States, for example, you know, you have something of the Constitution, and I've talked about this before, the Bill of Rights. And we have the Bill of Rights because when the Constitution was founded, people were like, well, maybe we should put something in it about freedom of speech. The government cannot suppress free speech. And, you know, some people are like, well, of course they can't suppress free speech. Everyone knows that. No, not everyone does know that, okay? Let's just put it in there just for kicks. Have something in there that says we have this. It's, it's meant to keep the government from becoming too strong over people. And the empire in Star Wars is this, you know, power that is completely completely in control, uh, except that now there's a rebellion. And the rebels are the good guys. Why are the rebels the good guys? Eh, I don't know. I mean, if you were Lieutenant Jenkinson serving on a Starfleet destroyer, you might be like, listen, the Empire are the good guys. These rebels are the ones causing problems. We need to put the rebellion down. Most often, uh, you know, in, <laughs> to, to um, quote the, the novel Shogun, by James Clavell, which is one of my favorite novels of all time. You know, there's a one point where uh, uh, Toronaga was arguing uh, with, you know, uh, Blackthorne, and he says, there is never an acceptable time uh, for, you know, someone to rebel against their sovereign lord. It's never acceptable. And Blackthorne yells basically out, unless you win. And that, as you find out later in the book, this is a bit of a spoiler, but that's when Toronaga becomes kind of like, okay, this guy's going to be okay, all right? I'm going to be okay. He doesn't tell him that. But the idea is that when you win, everything's okay, all right? It's justified. The winners, you know, write the history books, as the saying goes, and it becomes that you were in the right. And so this rebellion's going on, and they've got this Death Star, and it's floating about looking to blow up planets and anything else. And the idea is, you know, the, the idea is, uh, Grand uh, Moff Tarkin says, to, to fear, fear will keep everyone in line. You know, the emperor dissolves the Senate, the, the, you know, the, the last remnants of the Republic. And then it's basically, we're going to rule by fear. And, you know, we talk about that, you know, Machiavelli, of course, and the prince talks about, you know, is it better to be ruled by, 
you know, love or fear. And, you know, he says it's better by fear because people fall out of love, but fear genuinely keeps people in line, um, except when it doesn't, okay? And that's the thing is I had a professor when I was uh, at Rutgers, an undergraduate, and he, talk, he was talking about the prince, and he actually argued that he thought that it was satire by Machiavelli. It's fascinating. It's the only time I've ever heard that. Um, he was just basically trying to kind of mock the idea. Fear is very effective. Fear will keep people in. But the bottom line is that at a certain point, people will get fed up with things and rebel. We've seen that around the world. I mean, I remember when the Arab Spring happened, um, you know, I had, you know, friends of mine who were Arab, Egyptian friends, who were like, nothing is going to happen in Egypt. I'm telling you, Mubarak will not let it happen. And it happened, okay? And that's, every, no, nothing ever happens until it happens. And then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, well, you know, this was going to happen. Well, we, we didn't know that, but now we do. And so with Star Wars, it's it's great. And I and I do love about it, you know, this, this, uh, you know, Luke, the provincial boy, you know, it's, he's the everyman, okay? He's the everyman working at, you know, his, his uncle and aunt's farm. Um, and then he becomes a hero, okay? He becomes a hero, the unlikely hero, um, you know, because, and there's the idea of the force, you know, of religion. And I think it speaks because people believe that there's something out there. I think it's a genuine desire of most human beings to believe that there is something out there greater than us, that there's something out there, you know, I mean, at the risk of going into religion, um, you know, why do a lot of people believe? I had a discussion yesterday um, with someone and I said, you know, I said, I, I have to ask you again, why, why do you believe, you know, that there's something after this life? And her response was, because I just don't want to accept that this is it. I, I refuse to accept this is it. There has to be something more. There has to be something else. And it's fair enough. I mean, listen, you can't, you can't prove it one way or another. Uh, you know, I mean, all evidence seems to point to the fact that it doesn't. You know, I mean, I would go with, uh, you know, the, the argument that Occam's razor, you know, the simplest explanations are almost always the right ones. But, you know, that's the thing is this force. And that's what's giving these guys, this kind of, you know, fighting power. It's funny because they don't ever mention gods or anything in Star Wars. There's no, you know, there's no religion, okay? I mean, I know Han at one point talks about that all hokey religion stuff, but there's no mention of gods or of higher power. It's just the force. That's it. The force is just this thing. And the force, unlike God, um, you know, people that believe in a god, usually believe that the God is, is a good God, you know, the, the God is doing good things for people, not bad things, you know, I mean, unless you're going against the God, or goddess, as the case may be, We're, we have no problem with that here, but the force, the fascinating thing about the force is that the force is something, there's the dark side of the force, the force is not something that is an intrinsically good or bad, it's there, and people use it. the Sith, you know, in the Star Wars universe, the Sith use the Force, the dark side. And the dark side of the Force is really just as powerful, if you think about it. Uh, the dark side is just as powerful as, you know, the, the good side or the light side of the Force. And I mean, you know, if I had more time, if I was going to do an hour-long thing, which, I mean, I could with Star Wars easily, I mean, but I could, you know, we could go on for hours about this. 
it, it also, like, you know, it plays into this whole idea. Whenever we talk about things being bad, and Malcolm X used to talk about this a lot, dark. Whenever something's bad, it's dark, okay? The dark side of the force. Black, Darth Vader, okay? I always thought growing up, he was Dark Vader, right? Because when I was younger, I didn't get the whole Darth... No, it's, it's not Dark Vader, it's Darth Vader. But what is it? He's in all black. The Emperor, when he shows up in the later episodes... All black. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's the evil. Meanwhile, Luke isn't, you know, white. It's this contrast. And it's funny how we, we really get into this because this has become accepted. It's become accepted that, you know, we, we treat things that are dark, that are black. They represent the bad person or the bad guys. I, you know, it's, it's just, it's funny how some of this stuff becomes just so internally consumed that we just, we go with it. I mean, why is black bad? Why is that a bad color? Well, because, you know, it's the dark, the bad, the night, everything. And, and I think that that, yeah, that plays a major role in how we look at race in this country and around the world, you know, darker. I mean, for crying out loud, if I had one-tenth of the amount of money that's being spent in India right now on whitening creams, uh, I'd be a very rich man, okay? You want to be, be fair. You don't want to be this or that. You don't want to be dark. You don't want to be dusky. No, 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 no. Um, so when we're looking at Star Wars, you know, um, one of the other things I wanted to comment about with Star Wars was the following, uh, with the Death Star, and this is with, um, with both of them, um, especially the first one, uh, you really need to, I don't know, Family Guy, when they did their, you know, a parody of it, you kind of shouldn't have a spot in this massive thing where it's like, all right. If we can get, you know, a, a torpedo or two into this place, it'll blow the whole friggin' thing up. I mean, that's just kind of silly. You know, uh, if you look at ships that we have today, there's nowhere, like even on an aircraft carrier, right, okay, there's nowhere that you could be like, all right, listen, if you could just put a couple of, you know, you could launch a rocket into this one particular small place, it'll blow the whole thing up. No, I mean... You know, if you hit where the munitions are, if you hit where that is, of course, you, you know, cause an explosion from that. But it's like the Death Star, and nobody thought to just be like, well, let's, let's kind of make this thing, you know, let's give double and triple redundancies to this. But anyway, you know, you have this whole thing, and then you have the lovable rogue character of Han Solo. Um, you know, and, and he's in there, and he's just in it for the money. But then, of course, that's the whole thing, too, with him, right? He's just in it for the money. He doesn't care about the rebellion. He doesn't care about anything. But then what happens over the course of the movie? He gets swayed. He, he eventually realizes, no, I have to fight for the, the good guys. You know, I have to support them. I have to support Luke and, and Leia, you know, and, and all the other, you know, good characters. Um, and I think that that's the thing is, you know, we, we talk about people coming over, coming around you know, that originally were against something, and then, you know, he comes around, and it's, you know, this desperate fight, you know, outnumbered, outmanned, outgunned, out everything, you know, and then they come back, and they do it, you know, and, and Luke eventually putting, and by the way, I, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, uh, it's not, I, I can do spoilers here, okay, because if you haven't watched Star Wars by this point, you know, you, you really, I mean, you should, it's a classical movie, uh, but <clears throat> there's this idea about, you know, just like Luke ends up being the one and he comes in there, you know, and then, of course, you go on 
The Empire Strikes Back, which was an excellent article in the BBC the other day about a guy actually came out and um, critiqued The Empire Strikes Back. Now, in the Star Wars universe, most people feel The Empire Strikes Back is the best film of, well, certainly of the original three, but maybe of all of them, because it's darker. There we go again. Uh, it, it's it's complex. There are complex relationships between the characters, um, you know, and it ends with the Empire seemingly, you know, gaining the advantage back, okay? Um, you know, which, which happens. You know, I remember uh, in 2008 when President Obama, well, then candidate Obama, was running against Hillary Clinton, and, you know, he, he won the first primary, but then she won the second, and I was talking with uh, my dear and close friend, uh, Said Faraj, and I said, you know, well, the Empire Strikes Back, okay? Like, you know, you can't, you, can't, you know, they're, they're going to have their days where they win as well. Um, and so I said Empire because, you know, Hillary had all of the support basically behind her at that point. So anyway, you know, Empire Strikes Back, but the, the thing is that, it, you know, it criticized it, and he was like, I know people are going to come after me for this. Uh, and probably rightly so, because most people really like that movie because it's it's much more complex. But it's there are some valid criticisms of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, there are some plot issues. I mean, of course, The Empire Strikes Back has one of the great moments in cinematic history, which is where, you know, Darth Vader says, you know, I am your father. Um, and I read somewhere one time where, like, that line was hidden from everyone. Um, someone said that Harry Hamlin, uh, Harry Hamlin, uh, uh, you know, that the guy who plays, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's not Harry Hamlin. Or Hamill? Uh, Luke. That he didn't even know that that was going to be the line because they wanted this genuine thing. They wanted this genuine, you know, like reaction to things. Um, and they, they filmed it from there. I mean, if that's the case, that's fantastic. You know, I, I do love it when they hide certain things. Um, you know, Doctor Who, they did that when, um, you know, the, the Doctor's companions, uh, uh, Rory and Amelia, left. Uh, you know, they, they had no one knew what was going to happen until that happened. And then, it you know, then it went through. But um, so, you know, and you have Han Solo, of course, pledging his love for Leia. Um, and then he gets captured. It's, it's very dark. And then, of course, you get Return of the Jedi, you know. And, I, you know, that one, it's, it's entertaining, certainly. There's a lot of good stuff. Yoda, you know, uh, shuffles off his mortal coil. Um, but then, you, you know, the thing that always got me about that was, first of all, um, you, you have the reconstructed Death Star, okay? Um, so they've got this Death Star... But somehow, it's just as easy to kind of fly, you know, a couple of small spacecraft into the heart of it and, and hit the, the generator and blow it up and then blow the entire thing up, okay? Which, by the way, for the record, would have completely obliterated the moon of Endor, okay? All of the, the Ewoks. Um, it was pretty cool, though, you know, the whole Ewoks is just showing... The conflict between technology and and nature. I mean, this is something in many movies, you know, that goes on. This conflict between 
the naturals of the Ewoks who just live in, you know, the woods there. They're very primitive, um, you know, and then somehow gets, you know, blown to pieces. Um, the shields, it's funny because, you know, the shields are located on the moon. And then you have to ask the question, well, what happens if the Death Star wants to go on a tour of the, the galaxy, you know, blowing up planets that disagreed with the Empire or whatnot? Uh, how would they keep the shields up? Do the shields have a limited, you know, would the place from Endor be able to keep it out there? I know, you're, you're like, right now you're probably like, my God, why, why not just deconstruct the movie here completely? You know, <laughs> it's funny. It reminds me of how, you know, I, I'm a very big Lord of the Rings fan. And sometimes I'm like, well, you know, this person could never have made that jump you know, it's not realistic, and then, you know, I'll have people be like, oh, no, it's, you're right, it's not realistic, you know, much like the guy casting magic, much like the dragons, much like, <coughs> you know, all the, all this other stuff, you know, orcs and stuff like that, because that's totally realistic, okay, but, you know, no, you're right, you're right, he totally couldn't have made that jump, that wasn't, you know, really, so I know I, I do get a little bit into it, but, you know, the idea, it, it is very touching uh, towards the end, um, you know, because the entire time you're questioning with Darth Vader, is there any good left in him? You know, is there anything that you could still be like, he's still a good person. Deep down, there's a shred of it. And he denies it the whole time. And Luke keeps telling him, you know, no, you know, there is still good in you. And then they have the fight, you know, and the Emperor tells him, you know, go ahead and, and, and strike him down and take his position. And Luke refuses to do it because he's like, no, that's, you know, you failed. And he tells you, you failed, your highness, you know. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And then, of course, the Emperor decides, okay, no, and I'm going to kill you. And then at the very end, Darth Vader, you know, saves Luke by killing the Emperor. And it, it is really, it's, it's redemption as Luke's trying to rescue him. Uh, and then he finally takes the mask off, you know, towards the end. A very touching moment, father and son, you know. And, you know, you you already have saved me type stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that that really speaks to us as people because it's it's questions about redemption. And, I mean, even though Darth Vader was responsible for killing so many people, you know, I mean, just throughout the movies and, and doing really bad things, at the end he still manages to make a, a, the choice to, to save his son. So the, the familial ties are greater than this power, everything. And I mean, I don't doubt that he loved his son. I mean, he was asking when the Empire Strikes Back, he said, please, you come with me. We'll rule the empire. We'll rule the galaxy together as father and son. Mm -hmm. I genuinely feel he does. He just, the dark side of the force is all that he knows at this point. He's become completely, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, as the saying goes. And he's with him. So, I just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very touching ending. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, Luke ends up cremating on a funeral pyre, uh, which is, the, you know, the classical way. Um, I've often said that that's, uh, you know, that's when I do pass away. Um, I've always said that that's how I want. I want to be put up on a funeral pyre, pile the wood up, and you know, light me on fire. Um, I have been told that it is uh, illegal, probably. Um, by probably, I mean it's definitely illegal. 
in the state of New Jersey. Uh, but, you know, the details, what are they going to do? Sue me for it. So, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, that's the way I would love to go, you know, with my body. Um, a classical Roman tradition. Uh, Romans did that as well. But, you know, he does that, you know, the father in the mask and everything. But his father, you know, he finds redemption. And that's, I think that, that brings the arc of the entire story around. Um, it's about redemption. It's about uh, the idea of of doing what's right in the end, um, you know, and and he does. Um, you know, I mean, he dies because of it, but he's able to save Luke. And then, you know, they're able to destroy uh, the Empire, um, which conveniently comes right back in the uh, the sequels in the in the first order. You know, somehow it's just like, well, we didn't learn we didn't learn the first time that you know, having an empire is bad. We we'll just go right back to allowing them to uh, to take place again. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just it's it's a fascinating story, and and um, I've always felt that it's it is good. It's got everything that you want in a series of movies. You know, you have you have love. You you know when Han doesn't know that Luke and Leia are brother and sister, and he, he thinks that, like, you know, oh, all right, I'll stay out of the way, see for that potential love triangle, though, you know, then, of course, it's not a love triangle because they're brother and sister. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, you know, there's, there's the revenge, there's, you know, ideas, you know, what's going on on the side, you know, the bounty hunters, and, you know, all, all stuff, you know. I mean, you need to get into, like, Lando Calrissian, okay, uh, you know, fantastic character, you know, uh, uh, another rogue just like Han Solo, you know. Um, it's 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 great stuff, you know, it's very entertaining. And I, you know, like I said, if you haven't watched them um, and you're home because we're still not out of quarantine here, uh, do yourself a favor. They're, I, all of them are on Disney Plus, um, and I think most everyone has Disney Plus at this point. Uh, and if you don't borrow from someone, uh, you know, it's going on, it's, um, it's funny, <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, if you're borrowing someone's stuff and all of a sudden they go on and it's like suggested for you, you know, I, <laughs> I know, um, you know, when I, when I would go on, sometimes I'll go on YouTube and it'll be suggesting, you know, Jojo Siwa for me, um, because, you know, my daughter likes to watch Jojo Siwa. That it's funny because, like, you'll on the one hand you'll have them being like suggested for you, um, you know, uh, Wings of the Luftwaffe, uh, you know, the uh, BF one hundred and nine, and uh, suggested for you the Count of Monte Cristo, and then also suggested for you Jojo Siwa and uh, you know Little Einsteins. <laughs> it creates a very entertaining picture, believe me. Uh, you know, the people at Yahoo, uh, Yahoo, at YouTube, must the algorithms people must be like, what in the devil is going on here? You know, this 42-year-old guy's got Jojo Siwa up and running here. Ooh, questionable. But, um, yeah, so that's, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, again, today is the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, I think this is trying to copyright that. Oh, whatever, it's, it's not like they have a copyright and everything else. Uh, but, you know, if there's going to be a major corporation that copyrights the bejesus out of things, I'd rather have it be Disney. I, you know, I really, really like Disney. I'm a huge fan of Disney. Um, you know, Disney World in Florida is uh, one of my favorite places in the entire world. Um, you know, which is, I know is surprising because for, you know, a strapping alpha male like me, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's still like, yeah, you know, no, but I, I love going on It's a Small World. 
Um, yeah, I love the Peter Pan ride. I've talked about all of that in my, my Disney uh, podcast, which is to date my highest rated podcast uh, as far as listens go. Um, so anyway, that's going to be that for now. Like I said, I am trying to put something together for a couple of days from now to talk about the Electoral College. I know that might be something that I... I think a lot of people might like to listen to it. I would hope a lot of people, especially in the United States, but but also from overseas, so that you understand what's going on, so that you don't just blame people as like, well, you idiots elected so-and-so or this person or that person. Now, it's important to understand how it happens. Um, and the American electoral system is is rather convoluted. It really is um, you know, and, and I think people are like, well, yeah, you know, it's like the old joke, like, can't we just fire him? When they get aggravated with someone, no, you, you can't just, and you can't just change things. You, the Constitution is fairly s- solid on things. I mean, you can change things. It, Jim Jeffries would say, you know, it's called an amendment, you know. But it's true, but it, amendments are very difficult to do. But we'll, we'll talk about that anyway at another time. So I hope you enjoyed my talk about Star Wars. Um, please, you know, as I always say, uh, you know, tell people about the podcast. I, you know, I do enjoy seeing, you know, someone I know I'm not getting, not, I'm not getting listens that, you know, maybe uh, Seth Rogen's getting on his or other people getting on theirs, but I don't care. As I said, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And I'm really hoping that some people, you know, get some enjoyment out of it and, and, and have fun and listen to it. And, you know, just, just trying to make the world a little better. That's all we can do. And wherever you are right now, um, despite what's going on, with this coronavirus, um, just just try and make the world a little better. Whatever you can do, you know, saying hello to someone, buying something locally, be good. Uh, you know, the more the more good out there, we can end up outdoing the bad. We really can, and that's kind of the whole point of uh, Star Wars. You know, eventually, the good ends up defeating the evil, and that's a life lesson I think that we can all appreciate. In any case, questions, comments, anything you guys want to do, uh, let me know about it. Tell me. um, Otherwise, I hope that you're all doing well. And I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Be safe. Bye-bye.